Welcome to the Able Speaks podcast, where we speak to commonly asked questions by parents who have received a life-limiting diagnosis for their child. We're Daniel and Kelly Crawford, and we're glad that you've joined us. All right, welcome back to the Able Speaks podcast, and we're going to jump right into today's question, which is, what will my baby look like? And so in the context of most of the parents listening in here, um, you've received some sort of a life-limiting diagnosis, some sort of a genetic abnormality, whatever it might be. Yeah, um, this is just a really common question that we get from parents. And initially, I think they're almost um, embarrassed or ashamed to to discuss that with us or bring it um, to light. And so it's normal. There's no shame in asking or thinking that of just, hey, what what will my child look like if if they are going to look... Um, different than maybe a typical newborn, wondering what that difference is, is is a normal question to ask. So there's no shame in processing through that as a parent. Um, We usually encourage parents to not Google their child's diagnosis and start looking up photos. It just does not um, help and is usually like an extreme version of of what might be. And so we just uh, don't have never found that to be a helpful resource, um, in this regard. And so, um, but then what, what I, what we were told when we met with our mentor couple, um, they weren't called that at the time, but, um, you know, she told me that she talked about her daughter, Ava, and she talked about how beautiful Ava was and that all of the things that were unique about Ava and made her, her, ended up being their favorite things about her and the most distinguishing aspects of, of, you know, her little body and and who she was. And so that's what we usually tell parents that we're meeting with because that was our same experience with Abel, which is, you know, he had the overlapping fingers, he had a clubbed foot, and all of those things were things that we came to love about him and were just a part of who he was. And so... I would just say that when you, if there are parents that are listening that are pregnant right now, it might be, it's normal for it to be hard to wrap your mind around that being true. But once we get to lay eyes on our child and meet our child, you know, every parent thinks their kid is the cutest kid. And that's true whether they have a life-limiting diagnosis or they don't. And so, you know, for us, Abel was the cutest thing since, you know, the beginning of time. And so, you know, for us, it's just like, hey, we, we loved the way that God created him, the way that he looked. And um, and so I don't know if you would add to that, but. Yeah, I think the reason the Google search is, is not, so A, to recap what I heard you say, which is, uh, hey, it's a really normal question to ask and wonder. And um, so feel no guilt, no shame, no conflicted emotions about that. I uh, would say if you set to, hey, I'm going to start to act on that question and try and maybe find out and learn more for, for myself that the general internet is is probably not going to yield the most comforting results, whether that's just because of the quality of the photos or sometimes they're just like sketches and, and just things like that. Um, you're probably not going to find anything good there. But but the other thing I think you said is is so true is is um, your child. You know, it, it's, a, it's in a whole different category of any other number of children, whether it's with similar diagnoses, different diagnoses, there's just something sacred 
about um, this is the child who we've thought about and talked about and prayed about and awaited this chance to finally see and hold uh, them. And, and they do all the same sweet things. It's, oh, he, you know, had dad's big ears. You know, he had, he had mama's mouth you know, whatever it is. And, um, there's just uh, of the 150 families and sets of parents that have welcomed children and cherished their children up to this point, we have yet to have a single one that was anywhere less than elated to see and to hold and to kiss and to just love, uh, their child that they finally had the opportunity to, to meet. Mm -hmm. And so anything else you would add? Yeah, and I think just the consistent thing that we hear from the families that we get to walk with is just how beautiful their child is and and was, you know, and that they couldn't have um, imagined it during the pregnancy, but that they think that they're just the cutest thing ever, you know. And so I think that that's was our experience, and and that's the experience of the parents that, that we get to walk with. And, um, and so, yeah, the, I, I think just trying to, um, shift our mindset to, you know, this is the unique things about them and they're different than maybe a typical baby, but, um, seeing them as, yeah, sweet, unique aspects of, um, of our children, I think is, is a healthy shift to make. Yeah. And I, like, I think one of the most consistent words, whether we see a post or just photos that sent to us is just she's perfect Mm -hmm. and just what a beautiful just to to step back and just think about that where hey in the eyes of the world in the eyes of a generic google search it's like yeah i noticed that that you know looks different and you know there's that facial feature that's atypical and and whatever it is but just in the eyes of mom and dad with baby boy or baby girl to just say she is exactly who we've been thinking about praying about that the Lord has entrusted to us and we love her. We love him exactly the way we have received him and blessed by them. Yeah. I think it's also like a connecting that to how the Lord views us, you know, I think is like a really sweet, um, it deepens our understanding of like, man, that's how God sees us as beautiful and perfect only because his son died for our sins, you know, and so we're washed clean. And I think it's a, um, just another element of how God uses our kid's story to teach us more about a father's love for his kids. And so, um, I think there's just, yeah, another redemptive aspect to this journey. And, um, we always say if we're God, Abel would still be here, but there are, I think, sweet moments of like, man, I have a better understanding of the nature and character of God because um, of this road that we are walking. And so, yeah, so that's what, you know, wherever you are in the journey, you know, that may be something that you, that you wrestle with and that might feel difficult even to rest in and take us at our word on. But uh, as you're going to sonograms and as you're just whatever the case be, as that, that question will come up. Uh, we hope that some of the things we just shared over the last few minutes um, that you can listen back to and um, that as we speak that over you, that uh, just know that the moment of getting to meet and see and hold and cherish your child uh, will be one that you never forget and that will be well worth it. And so uh, that wraps up this episode of the Able Speaks podcast. We will see you next time. 
Hey friends, thanks for listening in. We hope this content has been helpful. At Able Speaks, we exist to support families who have chosen to carry a child with a life-limiting diagnosis, and we want you to know that the foundation of that support is rooted in relationships. And so if you're a parent in this circumstance, then by all means, continue listening in, but we'd really encourage you to reach out by sending an email to support at ablespeaks.org. Again, our heartfelt prayer is that this episode has served you in some way and that we might have the opportunity to serve you further in the future. The Able Speaks podcast is produced by the team at Tarno & Company and mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose.